Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome to the science of success. Introducing your host, Matt Bodner. Welcome to the Science of Success, the number one evidence-based growth podcast on the internet, with more than 4 million downloads and listeners in over 100 countries. In this episode, we discuss crazy research that can predict 94% of the time whether or not your relationship will be successful. We reveal why you should never give someone unsolicited advice. We share the communication Swiss army knife that you can use to build rapport influence anyone, and deepen the most important relationships in your life, and much more with our guest, Michael S. Sorensen. Are you a fan of the show, and have you been enjoying the content that we put together for you? If you have, I would love it if you signed up for our email list. We have some amazing content on there along with a really great free course that we put a ton of time into called How to Create Time for What Matters Most in Your Life. If that sounds exciting and interesting, and you want a bunch of other free goodies and giveaways along with that, just go to successpodcast.com. You can sign up right on the homepage. That's successpodcast.com. Or if you're on your phone right now, all you have to do is text the word SMARTER, that's S-M-A-R-T-E-R, to the number 44222. Are you feeling too distracted to pay attention? Does listening make your brain hurt? In a world full of noise and distraction, listening is the biggest leadership hack in today's world. In our previous episode, we cracked the code on how to deeply listen, how to listen to what is unsaid, and tons of specific hacks and tactics you can use to take your listening skills to the next level with our previous guest, Oscar Trimboli. If you want to massively level up your leadership skills, listen to our previous episode. Now for our interview with Michael. Today, we have another exciting guest on the show, Michael S. Sorensen. Michael is an award-winning author, marketing executive, relationship coach, researcher, and personal development junkie. He's the author of the best-selling, I Hear You, The Surprisingly Simple Skill Behind Extraordinary Relationships, and Three-Minute Morning Journal. His work has been featured in many publications across the internet. 
Michael, welcome to the Science of Success. Thanks for having me. Well, we're super excited to have you on the show today. And I think it's such an important topic that you talk about and I hear you. And I really want to start with just a simple question, which is, what is this concept of validation and and why does it matter? Sure. So in most societies, we're taught the importance of listening, right? Of being a good listener, quote unquote. And usually when when we think about that, we think of the obvious things. Well, give them your attention, you know, look at them. Sometimes people say, repeat back what they just said to show them that you were listening. Really, what, what my book focuses on, though, is that there's, there's more to it than just that. And my primary argument in the book is, is that the truly great listeners of the world do more than just listen. They listen, seek to understand, and then validate. And validation, in essence, means helping the other person feel heard and understood. You know, in, in, in its simplest form, it means saying, ah, I hear you. Like, I, I get how you're feeling. I understand where you're coming from. Because most people don't question whether or not we understand the words they say. They question whether or not we understand how they're feeling. And so that is essentially what validation is, is it's a way to show the other person that you get where they're coming from, that you hear how they're feeling. And it's incredibly powerful what that does to your relationships, whether they're romantic, whether they're with your family or whether they're in the business world. And it's just it's frankly, it's a superpower. It's something that has transformed my life. And which is why now I'm sharing it as best I can with the rest of the world. There's several different things I want to dig into about that. Tell me more about the difference between what most people think of as being a good listener and what it really means to use this technique of, of validation. Sure. So one of the, the principles that I was taught quite a bit growing up is, is reflective listening, right? And, and I kind of alluded to it earlier in the intro there that oftentimes we're taught to repeat back what the other person is saying. And while that kind of works, it feels a little clinical. It feels a little forced, especially if we don't change the words, right? So if you say, oh, gee, I'm so upset because, you know, my wife is never you know, doing all this and she's always getting after me because of that. And then your friend just repeats back, okay, so let me understand. You're upset because you're feeling like your wife just keeps getting after you, right? It just feels weird. Whereas really when people are coming to you venting, when they're coming to you with a problem, they don't typically want you to fix it. They want you to show them that you're understanding how they're feeling. And so a more validating response would just be going, oh my gosh, that sucks. You know, or that's, that's so annoying, right? Or I, how, I, how are you going to handle that? What, what are you going to do? It shows that you're connected with how they're feeling. And so while listening obviously is important, you have to listen to what they're saying to even understand where they're coming from. But the validation takes it the next step. And, you know, it doesn't give advice. It doesn't try to make them feel better or give assurance. You just say, ah, gee, that's, that's tough, right? Or of course you're embarrassed or of, of course you're proud. I mean, whatever it is, you're, you're helping them justify the emotion that they're feeling. There's some really interesting science around this. Tell me about the ability to look at a relationship and through the lens of validation, potentially forecast or even predict the, the health, the quality of that relationship. Sure, sure. So I don't know how many of your listeners are uh, familiar with Dr. John Gottman, but he's a world-renowned marriage researcher. And he and his colleagues uh, conducted a study that I find fascinating. In fact, this is one of the bits of research that, that pushed me over the edge that helped me really understand the power of validation. Doing my best to summarize the study, they invited uh, over 100 newlywed couples to come visit their lab at the University of Washington which they decorated to look like a beautiful bed and breakfast. 
And they invited these couples to spend the weekend there and do what they what newlywed couples typically do, you know, cook breakfast, talk, watch TV, you know, do whatever while they observe their interactions, which I think is a little creepy if you think about it, right? Hey, come on in. Well, you know, I got cameras set up. We're going to record every word you say. Don't mind us. But I guess people are willing to do crazy things for money in science. But nonetheless, Dr. Gottman and his colleagues were focused on understanding the dynamic between these couples. And their primary goal here was to figure out what it was that the happy married couples did that those who later divorced did not. And so they observed their interactions. And ultimately, they followed up six years later with each of these couples to see whether they were married and together and happy, or whether they were separated or divorced. And what they found was the way that these couples interacted with each other in the subtle ways made all the difference. So, for example, if the couple's sitting at the dinner table and the husband looks outside and he sees a beautiful red car go by and he goes, oh, honey, check out that car. His wife can now respond in one of three ways. She can respond positively or in a validating way, you could say, which would be, oh, that's awesome. I love that color or that's such a cool car. Or she could respond negatively. Oh, that's hideous. (laughs) I hate that. Or she could respond passively. Oh, just that's nice, dear right? Not really paying much attention. And those are the three main ways of responding. And what he found was six years down the line, those who were married and happy, they responded positively. They validated each other 87% of the time. So almost nine times out of 10, when they had these little comments, these little you know requests or, or discussions, their spouse re- responded positively with these validating responses. Whereas those who had divorced six years later, they validated each other only 33% of the time. So quite a big difference there in the overall satisfaction of, of the marriage. And what really knocked my socks off was learning later that by observing these interactions and similar interactions, Dr. Gottman can apparently predict with up to 94% certainty whether couples will be married and happy years down the line. That's amazing. 94% predictive power based off of this simple technique of validation. Yeah. So I want to dig into more about this. How do we start to use the tool of validation in our conversations, in our lives, in the way that we engage and communicate with people? Sure. I have in my book, I've created what I call the four-step validation method. Maybe we can get dive into that a little bit later here uh, on the show. But as far as how to get started, the number one tip that I give everybody, like if I can give you one tip, if you take nothing else away from this, it's to not give unsolicited advice. And the reason I say that, I, I imagine most of you listeners are already nodding your heads going, yes, that makes sense. I hate that, right? I think, I think all of us have had an experience where we go and we're talking to somebody and we're telling them about a problem or something we're dealing with and they immediately launch in with, well, you should do this or, or here's how I would handle it or have you tried that? And we know that they mean well, but there's something inside of us most often that gets defensive right? That there's something very odd about that. And I, I don't know if anyone else can relate to that, but I certainly can think back to dozens, if not hundreds of experiences in my life where I'm coming to someone complaining, and then they give me advice. And then suddenly I get defensive. They say, well, well you should do this. And I say, well, I already did that. Well, have you tried that? Well, that's not going to work because blah, blah, blah. And pretty quickly, both parties are frustrated because I'm, I'm all uptight because I'm thinking, why are you trying to fix my problems? The other person's thinking, well, I'm trying to fix your problem. Why else are you coming to me? <laughs> why, why aren't you taking my advice here? And the reason is because most people are just looking for validation again. They're just looking for somebody to say, I get where you're coming from and that's hard. 
And so that to me is the very first step, obviously listening to the other person, but as best as possible, hold back on your advice, hold back on just saying, oh, it'll be fine. Oh, don't worry. Because those are very invalidating statements and they actually shoot the other person down. So interesting. Tell me more about this idea of, of not giving people unsolicited advice. One of the, the biggest problems I think that we face in today's world is an inability to, maybe not an inability, but difficulty regulating our own emotions. And so I, I'm focusing in on the validation here and on helping people feel heard and understood because that is one of the quickest ways to help somebody deal with difficult emotions. And so I'm focusing a lot on the negative here, right? But if you can imagine a friend or a coworker coming to you and they're venting, right? We, we all run into situations like this where they're venting, they're complaining to you about something. Again, it's natural to think that they want our help fixing it. The reason I say to hold off on giving advice is because most of the time that's not what they want. Most of the time what they want is help processing the difficult emotion that they're feeling. Uh, I'll, I'll give you an example. So I had my brother called me, this is a number of years ago, and he was dealing with a very difficult situation at work. And I remember thinking right off the bat, oh, I've got the perfect solution here. I know exactly how to handle it. But I had just started learning about validation at the time. I was meeting with a therapist, which is actually where I, I gained most of my knowledge on this, on these concepts here. And I thought, okay, well, he probably doesn't want my solution right away. He probably just wants to feel hurt. So I listened to him you know, I, I did my best to validate him. And I just said, gee, that's, that's tough, man. Like I, like I, I get where you're coming from. And, and, and then I was about to jump in with my solution, but I thought, you know what, I'm going to try something different here. And I asked him a question and I said, so what are you going to do about it? And he paused for a second and he said, well, you know what, I think that I'm going to do this, this, and this. And it was the exact recommendation that I was about to give him. It was the exact solution that I thought was so brilliant in my own mind. And that taught me a valuable lesson. And, and that's that most people already have a solution to the problem in their mind. Or they can at least get there pretty quickly if you just ask them a question. And if you jump in and give advice right away, you miss out on an opportunity for them to grow. And you miss out on an opportunity to show them respect. Because when I, instead of just jumping in and giving you advice, I say, gee, that's tough what are you going to do about it? And you have a chance to tell me, well, there's a lot more respect there, right? You, you then look at me and go, hey, I appreciate you not just saying, oh, that's easy. I got the solution here and diving into it. That's such a great point that most of the time, what people want is not the advice, but they want help to process whatever they've just experienced, whatever those difficult emotions are that they're dealing with. Yeah, it, it, it's powerful. It's so interesting and, and feels very counterintuitive because it's so easy for us to jump to that feeling or that need or that desire. And, and, and I think I especially fall prey to this to to want to jump in immediately and help them and say, oh, you should do this and this and this. And yet the counterintuitive and seemingly slower path of listening to their feelings, validating the emotions that they're dealing with can create more influence is what it sounds like. Absolutely. Well, and one, one other thing I want to just hit here before we go much further is obviously, you know, we've, we've jumped in to the negative, all oh, the person's complaining and here's how I handle it. I want to be clear here that validation is powerful because this isn't just a way to help deal with your poor sulking friend, right? Or your brother that always comes and complains to you. Validation is powerful because it helps you help other people in their time of need, but it also is a tremendously valuable negotiation tool. Because when people feel heard and understood, then they're more likely to listen to you and to better understand you. 
it's tremendously connecting when you're able to validate people's positive emotions. Right? When somebody comes to you and they're all excited, they want you to be excited with them. And so, and plenty of research backs that up, and as well as common sense, that you like to be with other people who are excited when you're excited. Validation helps you break down walls of defensiveness. It helps you calm tense situations when someone's coming at you and they're angry and they're accusing you of something. It's an amazingly almost Jedi mind trick style way to help navigate those relationships or those conversations. And so, yes, while it's powerful in helping people deal with difficult situations, I hope that your listeners can come to see throughout the course of this interview that this is actually the Swiss army knife, if you will, of communication skills. And it has applications in every aspect of their lives. And an important meta point that comes out of that is this idea that if we want to be really effective communicators, we have to communicate to people the way that our brains are wired biologically and the way that psychology tells us are the most effective strategies, not necessarily the ways that we feel like we should be communicating with them. Yes, absolutely. I want to explore a little bit more and, and maybe even hear another example or two of the prototypical invalidating response, kind of the opposite of validation, so that people can get a sense of how they may be responding in a way that isn't fostering the most effective communication channels. Mm, I, I love that you asked that. Most people are very invalidating when they're trying to help people. So yeah, so let's, let's dive into a few examples here. So first, maybe helpful to just quickly define validation a little more simply. Validation is recognizing an emotion and offering justification for feeling that emotion. On the flip side, invalidating responses, they shoot down whatever the other person's feeling, whether like aggressively or just subtly. They basically say they dismiss it, they minimize it, they say, you know, it's just going to be fine. So some examples of invalidating statements, you'll be fine. It could be worse. You know, at least it's not fill in the blank, right? It really doesn't matter what else you put in there. If, if it starts with at least it's not blank, then that can actually be quite invalidating. It might be a comment such as, oh, just put a smile on your face and tough it out, you know, or things will get better. Don't worry, things will work out. Again, none of those are rude responses, right? I mean, if I'm in a room teaching this, I always ask for a raise of hands. How many people here have said something like this to someone in their life? And every hand goes up. Because we mean well, we're trying to help the other person. And yet, as, as we've started talking that today, those are actually counter helpful, counter helpful. Is that a word? <laughs> those aren't helpful. It's, it seems counterintuitive, but those actually tell the other person, whatever you're feeling, it's not okay. You shouldn't feel that way. Just push it down. And that doesn't usually help. I want to explore a little bit more the two components that you just mentioned of a validating response, recognizing an emotion and then offering a justification for it. How do we start to recognize what the emotion is and how complex or complicated or difficult does that part need to be to really effectively validate people? Sure. Thankfully, it doesn't need to be complex or complicated at all. In fact, a lot of people do this naturally and really it has its roots in empathy, right? So sympathy is typically standing on the outside looking into someone's situation and saying, oh, you poor thing. That looks so hard, you know, like wish you best, you know, Whereas empathy typically means getting into it with them and saying, oh, gee, this is hard. I, I, I get why you're feeling, oh, man, I, I don't know what I would do, you know, in your situation. And so as far as 
crafting the validating response, if you will, really it hinges on being able to empathize with the other person, at least to a certain extent. There are going to be situations where you can't empathize with them, but you can at least appreciate what they're going through. You know, I, I mentioned, uh, in fact, at the first chapter of my book, I shared a story years ago of when I was dating a woman, it was actually just the first date. And, you know, I'm sitting down there with her at the table and she's just totally closed off emotionally. And it was odd to me because when I first asked her out, she was bubbly and friendly and everything. And I thought, oh, this is great. You know, we'll have a great time. Well, that wasn't the case at this ice cream shop that we were at. Every question I asked was met with a one word answer. You know, she just felt totally closed off and I couldn't, I couldn't figure it out. And literally it was like 15 minutes, Matt, that I was into it. And I'm like, okay, I... I think I'm just going to take her home because she clearly doesn't want to be here. You know, I misread the situation. I don't know what's going on here, but she clearly doesn't want to be on this date. And so I was about to do that. In fact, we actually were in my car headed back because I was like, okay, here we go. And I asked her a question about her family and she paused. And I could just tell by her energy and the way that she paused that it was a sensitive subject. And I thought, ah, okay, maybe there's something here that's not about me. And she said, well, my parents just filed for a divorce. And in that moment, the light bulb went on inside my head because I thought, oh, that's why she's not having a good time tonight. Her mind is elsewhere and she's struggling with this. And my parents haven't divorced. You know, I haven't dealt with that. And so I couldn't technically empathize with her because I hadn't been in her shoes, but I could see that she was in a lot of pain. And I just said, oh, that's got to be so hard. I'm so sorry. And she quickly said, oh, it's fine. I'm, I'm good. You know, kind of put on this tough girl face that wasn't very convincing. And in that moment, I recognized that she just needed to feel heard and appreciated. And I said, that's not fine. You know, that's got to be incredibly difficult. I, I honestly cannot, I can't even imagine what you're going through. And her walls just collapsed. She just like melted and she just started talking. She's like, yeah, it really sucks. You know, especially when, you know, all this is happening and this is happening and your best, best friend tells you to just put a smile on your face and tough it out, you know, and she just goes on. And we start talking for the next two hours and she just completely opens up to me. And it all started with just a simple attempt to connect, to just try to empathize or at least appreciate where she was coming from and then show that by just validating what she was feeling, giving her permission to feel what she was dealing with. You brought up a really interesting corollary of this entire idea in that story, which is when she said, oh, it's fine. And that's the idea that we often invalidate not only other people, but ourselves. Yes, a hundred percent. And that, that's one of the things that I, I love that you point that out because a lot of us don't catch it. You know, that, that very statement, like you pointed out, oh, I'm fine. It's fine. That's a very invalidating statement because it, you're, you're telling yourself, I shouldn't feel this way. I'm feeling anger. I'm feeling frustration. I'm feeling fear. I don't know what's going to happen. Don't feel that way is what you're saying to yourself. And again, that doesn't, I mean, talk to any psychologist, any therapist, you cannot repress emotions like that and get away with it. it they always come back to bite, usually stronger, right? It's, it's oftentimes repressed, repressed emotions are the root of addictions of any form of acting out. I mean, there's so many issues that come up when we just repress those. And so while it's a gift to offer validation to others, it's also critical that we learn to validate ourselves that when we're upset about something, we're able to say, you know what, of course I'm upset. You know, anybody in my situation would feel the same way because this, this, this happened. And while some people might say, well, how is that healthy? Because now you're just fueling your fire. Well, when we allow ourselves permission to feel the emotions, 
it like shines light on a festering wound. It allows it to heal, allows it to breathe. And, and it works again, just as well on the positive side. If I'm feeling really proud of something that I just did, well, oftentimes we shoot that down too, right? We say, well, don't, you know, don't get all cocky. Nobody likes to hear someone who's bragging. No, I did an awesome job on that. Like that, there's a lot of power in being able to validate yourself and say, I kicked butt on that project. I feel good about it. Again, that's very healthy because it allows us to feel any emotion. It just allows us to live a freer, fuller life. Such a great point about positive emotion as well. And even something as simple as taking a compliment from somebody else. Many people really struggle with something like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of this, uh, what is it? That's the root of the humble brag, right? Like we try to not look too grandiose or whatever. But yeah, then it even plays out when someone compliments us. We're like, oh, uh, thanks. Or, oh, you know, it's not that big of a deal or whatever. And uh, I'm not a proponent of that. I used to do that. I still have the tendency to. But I'm working on getting better at just thanking them. Hey, thank you. It means a lot. You know, I think that goes a long way. Yeah, there's a really authentic way where you can say ex something very similar to what you said. The idea of, oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Or it really means a lot to me that you would say that. I worked really hard on that. Or something, something that doesn't downplay yourself or minimize your own experience. Right. Well, it's, it's, I mean, to anybody who's been on the giving end of a compliment... And then the other person says, no, 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 it's not or whatever. Like it doesn't feel very good. <laughs> it's basically like, hey, I'm giving you a gift and you're just get, pushing it back in my face and saying, no, it's actually, I don't want that. Which again, we don't think of it as that, but that's what happens when we, when we dismiss or downplay a compliment. Accept the gift, be grateful. I, I, I love what you said there. Yeah. So let's break down the second piece of validation, which is offering a justification for the emotion that you've recognized. This is something that I find really interesting because on the surface, it can it seems a little bit fraught. Like sometimes perhaps you don't want to justify their emotion or you 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 don't necessarily agree with it. So tell me what does that mean to mm. to to offer a justification for somebody's emotion? Sure. So I'll I'll key in on a on a point that you made there, and that's what if I don't agree with them? <laughs> what if I don't want to back up whatever they're feeling? I'll share two quick experiences. One actually is just more recently a reader wrote in and she was telling me about how she had a fantastic relationship with her mom most of her life. You know, th this woman's an adult now, but they still call and talk or at least used to call and talk for at least an hour every week. And she just loved chatting with her mom. Well, about a year ago, her mom was diagnosed with schizophrenia. And when she would have an episode, obviously that changed the dynamic now with her daughter because now she has these conspiracy theories or these crazy thoughts or all these things that that her daughter doesn't want to justify, doesn't want to say, yeah, that's true, mom. Yeah, I agree. Obviously, you can imagine that becomes very difficult to have a conversation in that situation. And she said that sure enough, their relationship just plummeted. And for about a year, she hasn't been able to have any kind of a great conversation with her mom. Her mom used to always ask her about her week, how things were going, all of that, and they have a great chat. Well, for about a year, her mom hadn't asked her a single question about herself. And she said that she picked up my book and started reading it and she learned about validation and she realized, okay, my next phone call with my mom, I'm going to try to just validate what she's feeling. Not necessarily agree, but say, you know what, mom, I can appreciate that. Yeah. If, if, the, if those are the thoughts going through your head, that would be terrifying. You know, of course you're concerned about that. And she said that when she did that, the relief was audible in her mom's voice. And then she said for the first time in a year, her mom asked her how her week had been. 
and they they talked for an hour and she said it was like the good old days so to speak like she's like i finally feel like i have my mom back and it was all because i was able to validate at least show that i could appreciate the difficulty of what she was facing i never said yes i agree that trump did that or obama did this and so on and so forth she was able to just say ah yeah that's scary it just you know it is and that justification piece there again doesn't mean you're agreeing with them all you're saying is it makes sense given your background given what you're facing given you know even your chemical imbalance what have you all of because of all those things it makes sense why you're feeling the way you do and that's different from saying i agree with your conclusions does that make sense worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole well good thing instacart shoppers are as picky as you are they find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line they are milk expiration date detectives they bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are so let instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders, while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hiring the right person takes time time that you often don't have. But you shouldn't let a time crunch get in the way of finding the right candidates for your business. That's why LinkedIn is the best place to post your job. In fact, I was on LinkedIn jobs this morning looking for candidates to fill a key role in one of my businesses. LinkedIn jobs screens candidates with hard and soft skills you're looking for so that you can hire the right person quickly. You can look for things like collaboration, creativity, and adaptability, looking beyond just work skills and resumes to connect you with the candidates who are a perfect match for your business. That's how LinkedIn makes sure that your job post gets in front of the people you actually want to hire, because they have a much better ability to get a deep insight into exactly who is the right candidate for you and your business. Find the right person meant for your business today with LinkedIn Jobs. You can pay what you want and the first $50 is on them. Just visit linkedin.com slash success. Again, that's linkedin.com slash success to get $50 off your first job post. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, 
it does make sense, but I want to I want to extrapolate on that a little bit more or even maybe share some some phrasing or some ways to do that because I think it can get very confusing and and kind of murky if you don't have a really clear understanding of how to validate something without necessarily supporting it or agreeing with it. Sure. So maybe it'd be helpful at this stage to outline the four steps because I think this this four step method is what enables us to just speak freely, give feedback, you know, navigate these difficult conversations. So the four steps at a high level are to listen empathically, then to validate the emotion, then to give feedback or advice when it's appropriate. And then the fourth step is to simply validate again. Now, the order of those four steps is important because obviously you have to listen and you have to understand the emotion they're feeling, step one. Then step two is when you validate, right? And we've talked about that where in this instance, it's not necessarily saying you're right, you know, this should change. What you're saying is I I can appreciate why you're feeling this way. Then after you validated, step three is where you can jump in with your side of the story, with your perspective, with your recommendations. And so it's important to do it in that order because if you don't listen and validate what they're feel the other person and what they're feeling, they're very likely not going to be open to your side of the story. They're not going to be open to your perspective. And so that third step is where once you've validated, you can say, and you know, I don't think you're seeing things clearly. Do you mind if I share my side of the story? Right. Or I have a few thoughts on that. Do you mind if I chime in? I'll I'll do an abbreviated or give you an abbreviated version, Matt, if you've read the book of the best story that really drove this home for me, I manage a team of about 25 people. And uh, I had a creative who came into my office. And this guy was notorious <laughs> for taking about two hours of my time. If, if he was concerned about something, if he was upset about it, we would, I'm not even exaggerating here, talk for one to two hours. And so he came into my office one afternoon and he said, hey, Michael, I'm concerned. I, I want to talk about something. And I thought, okay, here we go. <laughs> I said, sure, come in, sit down. And he says, Michael, I'm concerned that you put this this guy in charge of this project. I don't think he's qualified for it. I responded like most people do, like I had historically. And I said, you know what? Don't worry about it. It's going to be okay. And as you can imagine, he didn't take that very well. He's like, no, 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 no. Here's why I'm concerned because da, 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 da. He starts going and I say, hey, you know, I've got this covered. Really, don't worry about it. And he kept coming back and we started down this path of the two-hour argument. And then I paused and I thought to myself after a few minutes, I said, he's not, I thought to myself, he's not listening to me. (laughs) He's not, you know, no matter what I do, I cannot help him see my side of the story. And then I realized it was because I'm not listening to him. He wasn't feeling like I was understanding where he was coming from or appreciating it. And so I stopped and I paused for a second and I said, okay, I'm going to validate him. And so I said, you know what, Jace, I actually can appreciate where you're coming from here because I realized in my mind, he didn't have the whole picture. He was operating off of just a few bits of information. And so I said, you know what? Uh, I appreciate your concern here. And from your perspective, all you see is this guy who's not very qualified. He's been assigned to this project and you're worried that he's going to destroy the brand. And he leaned back in his chair and he said, yes, that's exactly it, Michael. And then he just paused and he gave me a chance to speak. And I thought, oh, we're making progress here. So I'll pause the story for a second and say, notice that I didn't say you're right. I shouldn't put this guy in charge of this project. All I said was, you know what, given the bits of information you have, I can appreciate why you're worried about it. And once I validated that, he paused and he let me say something else. And so then I said, and I don't think you have the whole picture here. Do you mind if I, do you mind if I fill in the gaps? And he said, oh, 
yeah, yeah, please. And I was able to explain to him, I said, you're right, this guy's not the most qualified. And for this project, it's going to work really well because 0.1, 0.2, And he said, oh, that actually makes a lot of sense. Okay, I'm, I'm good with that. You know, and he thanked me and stood up and left. That whole thing took 15 minutes. If I had tried to just say, you're not right, it's not true, don't worry, it's going to be fine, it would have been the two-hour conversation. But because I was able to say, you know what, from your perspective, I can see where you're coming from here, and here's the full picture, here's the truth of the situation. He felt heard, I was heard, everything was solved and resolved in about a 15-minute window. That's a great story. And the the anecdote that you added in there, of this idea that if you ever feel like somebody isn't listening to you, perhaps you need to flip the script and ask yourself if you've really been listening to them. Right. Most of the time, that's what's happening. <laughs> I also think that was a great phrase template, for lack of a better term, to start with something like, I completely understand why you would feel that way. Or given that you think X, Y, and Z, I totally understand that you would be upset or angry, etc. Yeah. And, and it's important when you're in an emotionally charged situation I will say this, I think a lot of people will short circuit. They'll say, okay, I, I get why you're feeling that way, but it's not true, right? Okay, I, I get that you think that I hurt you, but I didn't mean to. And that short circuits it a little too quickly, right? So instead, like let, let's say, for example, that my wife is upset because I came home an hour later than I told her I would. So I might say, oh, gee, look, I didn't, I didn't know that you wanted to do this. You know, it wasn't my intent. Uh, to make you upset. I didn't know that you had dinner ready, you know, and she said, well, you should just know because dinner's always at six o'clock and, you know, we can go back and forth. And I can say, well, I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to do that. And that could be it. Or I could say, ah, I'm sorry. You know, I, 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 I get it. I mean, you spent an hour on dinner, you had it all set out. It was, you, you, you timed it just right to where it was hot, right? When you thought I'd get home and I didn't show up and I didn't call you. I, I'm sorry. I, that, that would be super frustrating. Then she goes, ah, oh, okay, he at least gets it. He recognizes how much time I put into it. He recognizes that I was planning for it. And then I can say, and the reason that I'm home late is that I was actually out shopping for those drapes that you wanted, you know? <laughs> and then she can hopefully go, oh, uh, okay, well, dinner's cold, but thank you for doing that, you know? And we're both able to kind of let it go. Yeah, that's another great example. And I, I want to circle back to this because I think it's a really important thing that you mentioned earlier. This idea of, of as you called it in the pre-show, going clinical or trying to almost be too much like a therapist when you're validating somebody. Because I think that's something that I personally fall prey to is is almost going too, too clinical with it and really seeming oh, t- yeah, tell me how you feel about that. And, and it almost <laughs> feels weird. You know what I mean? So tell me a little bit more about that and and how we can have a really organic, natural approach to to validating people. Sure, sure. So obviously going back to the earlier definition of validation, if you will, that it identifies an emotion and offers justification. Sometimes for people uh, that this doesn't come naturally to, they, they look at that and they go, okay, so I need to say, you know what, I can understand why you feel that way, you know, and it feels... You know, depending on how you say it, it's important in all of this to be genuine and to be sincere. And so I, I want to point that out here that people have a very great sense of whether or not you're being genuine. And so obviously you can't use this to manipulate people. 
you have to feel and appreciate what they're feeling. But also, I, I do want to point out there, Matt, like you said, that you don't always have to say, it makes sense given what you're feeling that you are feeling this way. Sometimes a validating response can be as simple as just sighing, just going, oh, you know, because that still satisfies those two points. If they're, if they're depressed, if they're distraught, you don't have to say, oh, geez, I can tell that you're distraught because of everything that you're dealing with. That feels a little weird, right? But if you just sit there and go, oh my gosh, that still clearly identifies an emotion of despair and it justifies it because you're, you're suggesting that you feel the same way. Right? Just by making that noise, just by making a simple comment, one word you can go, wow, and just sitting there, that in and of itself is tremendously validating. I want to reconcile that with something we talked about a minute ago and this idea of if we disagree with them or for perhaps don't agree with the emotion, don't think they, and this could be a, I'm curious for somebody listening because I feel like it, it's easy to think this. Maybe you don't even think they should feel that way. <laughs> How do you then have an authentic response of, oh, wow, that really sucks. If you think uh, it, it doesn't really suck, right? Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, and so for me, at least as I think back on my experiences, typically what I try to do is, is empathize or appreciate how they're feeling and almost remove, you know, it, in the situation where I don't think they should feel that way. I try to remove all of that message in my head of, come on, man, suck it up, you know, and, and it does take a little bit. They're going to be varying levels of authenticity and that's fine because like I said earlier, you won't always be able to fully empathize with every situation, but as best as possible, still try to just appreciate and validate what they're feeling. You know, I think a great example is if you look at uh, little children, you know, if a little four-year-old is running and then he trips and scrapes up his knee and he's crying, you know, some of us, our reactions like, come on, man, you're fine. Get up, brush it off, you know, move on. <laughs> However, some of us will naturally go, oh man, that hurts. Oh, sorry. You know, like that, that sucks, you know, and the kid's like, yeah, it hurts, you know. So we are able to still to varying degrees, empathize with the person. So even if you disagree with how they're feeling, it's still completely authentic to just go, ah, oh, that sucks. Because basically what it can mean is that sucks for you, right? If they say, well, he, he tried to hurt me, he tried to do this, blah, 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 blah. Even if you don't think he did try to hurt her, she still feels like it. And so you can go, ah, oh, geez. You know, that right there is just like, geez, you're, you are clearly going through a difficult situation here. That's all it has to mean. It doesn't have to mean, wow, that guy's a jerk. Does that make sense? Does that answer your question? Yeah, I, that's a really it's good, an important question. Yeah, that's a really good way of, of explaining it and using parenting or even just the example of a child that's upset because it's, it's a really good way to contextualize. Oh, I could completely see, see a, you know, a three-year-old who's crying and say, Oh, Oh no. Are you upset? What happened? It looks like they have a boo-boo or whatever. Right. And that's a really good way to translate that into dealing with adults. And conversely, I'd love to explore a little bit how we can actually use this methodology in parenting as well, because I think that's another realm where this can be really powerful. Sure. So full disclosure, I don't have children of my own, but I have worked with many who do, and I've seen this in play countless times. And it's actually really eye-opening uh, to see how well validation works in children for two main reasons. The first is a lot of people's emotional problems can actually be traced back to 
very invalidating parents or very invalidating people in their life. Because we go back, Matt, to like you keyed in on earlier, the times when we just invalidate our own emotions. Usually that's because we were invalidated a lot as a child, right? So if we are now that little five-year-old boy or little child and we trip and scrape our knee and our mom or our dad says, you're fine, you know, don't cry, you know, stop it. Well, that's telling us, oh, it's bad to feel pain. It's bad to cry. It's bad to be scared. So I'm just going to repress those. And so as a parent, it's it's critical to understand validation because kids don't know how to handle these, these emotions. Emotions are unruly creatures, right? Even for us adults, when we're scared of something, like we all have different ways we respond, but very rarely is it calm, collected and cool, right? Where it's like all these stories in our head and we don't know what to do. Well, if it's scary to us as adults, imagine what a five-year-old's doing when suddenly he sees a dog right in front of his face barking at him. The kid has no tools, right? He has no idea. And so if all he hears is, don't be scared, don't be scared, then he starts to think, well, there's something wrong with me. If I'm not supposed to be scared, then every time I feel scared, that's bad. And then unfortunately, children usually take, it's bad, and they translate it into, I'm bad. I'm not good enough. You know, I must be the only one that gets scared when a dog is chasing me, which obviously isn't the case. And so taking validation into parenting, you just like you said, Matt, like, oh, man, oh, that looks like it hurts. You know, another actually I was, I was reading a story the other day about a father who was learning this. And and, you know, his mom was going out for a girl's night with her friends and their little five year old boy loved his mom like most five year old boys do. And he just started bawling right when he saw his mom leave. And his dad was trying to say, oh, it's fine. It's going to be okay. Don't worry about it. And of course, that didn't do anything to help the little boy. And then he shifted his approach to a more validating one. And he realized he missed his mom. And so he went over and he kind of hugged his little boy. And he said, it's hard when mom goes, isn't it? And the kid, you know, through his tears goes, yeah. And he's like, she's so good at reading stories and cuddling and all this kind of stuff. I miss her too. You know, I, I don't like it whenever she goes and the little kid goes, yeah, you know, and he starts, he stops crying and he says, and, you know, we can make dinner and she'll be back in an hour. Do you want do you want to go help me make dinner? And the kid goes, okay, you know, and he's able to start healing from the trauma of his mom leaving five minutes ago. So it is very powerful, whether you're 85 or five at just helping people manage their emotions and move on. So for somebody who's listening to this conversation who wants to start implementing validation into their lives, what would be one piece of homework or an action step that you would give them as a starting point to begin to use these tools right away? So I I never like feeling like I'm promoting myself or my stuff on podcasts. The book obviously is my best attempt at distilling it all into an easy to read, easy to understand approach. Uh, it's less than a three hour read, but I also have a lot of free resources on my website uh, that just give you the quick high level. That website's michaelssorensen.com uh, where you can check out a lot of different thoughts on validation. And so if still through the interview, you're thinking, well, I don't quite understand how to implement this or you know where to start. Those are both great resources. But like I said, at the very beginning, I think at the end of the day, if you're feeling, if anything that we've talked about here thus far resonates with you as, oh shoot, I've said that invalidating thing before, or, oh no, I do just jump into giving advice to people. Those are both very quick changes that you can make right away. That the next time someone comes to you, just resolve to say, okay, I am going, if I do nothing else, I'm just not going to give them advice without asking. 
you know, you can always say, oh, do you want my opinion? Or I have some thoughts on that. But just making those simple changes alone will make a huge difference if you don't want to dive into the, the full four-step method. That's a great action item and something that's really simple to conceptualize, but maybe harder to implement in real life. Yeah, absolutely. And Michael, one more time for listeners who want to find you and, and all of your work online, what is the best place for them to do that? Uh, my website, michaelssorensen.com. Obviously, you can find me on LinkedIn or Instagram, Twitter, all those places. But I, I would love to hear from listeners. You know, If anybody has follow-up questions or thoughts or insights or success stories, please do reach out. It, it means a lot and it always helps me uh, as I continue to, to teach it and spread the word. Well, Michael, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing all this wisdom and the great strategy of validation. You bet. Thanks for the opportunity, Matt. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to The Science of Success. We created this show to help you, our listeners, master evidence-based growth. I love hearing from listeners. If you want to reach out, share your story, or just say hi, shoot me an email. My email is matt at successpodcast.com. That's M-A-T-T at successpodcast.com. I'd love to hear from you, and I read and respond to every single listener email. I'm going to give you three reasons why you should sign up for our email list today by going to successpodcast.com, signing up right on the homepage. There's some incredible stuff that's only available to those on the email list, so be sure to sign up, including an exclusive curated weekly email from us called Mindset Monday, which is short, simple, filled with articles, stories, things that we found interesting and fascinating in the world of evidence-based growth in the last week. Next, you're getting an exclusive chance to shape the show, including voting on guests, submitting your own personal questions that we'll ask guests on air, and much more. Lastly, you're going to get a free guide we created based on listener demand, our most popular guide, which is called How to Organize and Remember Everything. You can get it completely for free, along with another surprise bonus guide by signing up and joining the email list today. Again, you can do that at successpodcast.com, sign up right at the homepage, or if you're on the go, just text the word SMARTER, S-M-A-R-T-E-R, to the number 44222. Remember, the greatest compliment you can give us is a referral to a friend, either live or online. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us an awesome review and subscribe on iTunes because that helps boost the algorithm that helps us move up the iTunes rankings and helps more people discover the science of success. Don't forget, if you want to get all the incredible information we talk about in the show, links, transcripts, everything we discuss, and much more, be sure to check out our show notes. You can get those at successpodcast.com. Just hit the show notes button right at the top. Thanks again, and we'll see you on the next episode of The Science of Success. Success.